Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service, Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. Hey, hey, <laughs> want to welcome you to the Connect Podcast as, uh, as we get together here this morning. It's going to be a great time of encouragement. It's kind of like an opportunity to refuel. We are here to comfort the distressed and to distress the comfortable. So if you're if you're having trouble in your life, we want to encourage you, we want to comfort you. But if you've gotten too comfortable, we want to challenge you. And it seems to be a contradiction that on average our lives have gotten more comfortable over time. Think about all the modern conveniences that we have. Um, and at the same time, we're less content, we're less happy than ever, ever before. According to the Census Bureau, uh, the average household income in the United States, even adjusted for inflation, was higher in 2019 than it's ever been recorded. And that, that goes across every income bracket, from poor to, to wealthy. Average, everybody's doing better in 2019. And uh, even though income inequality has risen, everyone still buys lots of things. So even though the gap between rich and poor has widened, um, everyone is buying more. For example, from 2008 to 2019, households in the lowest income bracket increased their spending on eating just on food or in fast food, really eating out by an average about twenty-two of, of about twenty-two percent. So very poor uh, are spending twenty-two percent more on eating out, and uh, the top bracket increased their spending on eating out by just under eight percent. Okay, so but at the same time, our government services, uh, social services, have also increased significantly. Government spending on education, training, employment, social ser services, and all these increased from 2000 to 2019 by about 30%. So that means people without are still receiving some and, and more than they would. But check this out. New homes in 2016 <laughs> were 1,000 square feet bigger than they were back in 1973. And the living space that each person has in the United States has nearly doubled. Here's another one. The number of Americans who use the internet <laughs> increased from 2000 to 2019. It increased by from 52%. So half of Americans were using the internet in 2019. 90% of Americans used the internet in 20... Wait, 2000 half Americans, 
2019, 90%. It's hard to believe. I'm thinking, where are the 10%? Where are the other 10%? What are they doing if they're not using the internet? Uh, the percentage of people who use social media in 2005, it was 5% of people. In 2019, it is 72%. It's interesting to me. I see people complaining about their life and they're doing it while they're on internet, while they're, they got their phone, they're you know sitting on a, on a comfortable bed or couch and they're complaining about their lives. Now, here's the thing. Through all of these advances in everyone's quality of life, average happiness and contentment has decreased in the U.S. The, the, this general sur social survey shows a long-term gradual decline in our happiness and a rise in unhappiness, in discontentment from 1988 to the present. And here's where I'm going. Here's where I'm going. You're like, your point, please. Well, there are areas in our life where if we're not careful, we can get very comfortable in our life, and yet we lose our contentment, and we move through our life. Instead of living the life Jesus has called us to live, instead we're just going through the motions. We've just got it on autoplay. And we're just existing. And we get stuck. We have trouble moving forward in our life. I don't know if you feel like that right now. Maybe you feel like you're stuck. You feel like you're having trouble moving forward. Maybe it's in your finances. You know, you're like, oh, I'm in this debt. And I'll never get out of it. I'll never be able to dig my way out. It could be in a relationship. In your marriage. It could be in any area of your life. But God wants you to grow through it. Not just to go through it, through it, but to grow through it. To grow in your faith. To grow closer to Him. To grow in your trust for Him. So as we dive in to the fifth chapter of John today, here is the big idea for today. No matter what problem you have, you fix it by doing what God asks you to do. No matter what problem you have, you fix it by doing what God asks you to do. And really, He fixes it. You're just partnering with Him. You're cooperating with Him so that He's able to fix what you're going through. And it's pretty simple when you boil it all down. It's simply this. Do what God tells you to do. It's this little four-letter word that we don't like. O-B-E-Y. Obey. Obey. Even when it doesn't make sense to you. Obey, even when you don't feel like it. Obey, even when it's not working out the way you think it should. Obey. That's how we partner with God in our lives. We work with the God who is working in us to become who he created us to be. We do what he tells us to do, no matter how we may feel about it. And when you're experiencing a problem in your life. Many times in church, you'll have uh, Christians who say, well, pray about it. Just pray about it. And that's important. We need to pray about what we're going through. And we need to do something about it. Generally speaking, many times we already know what we need to do. But it's hard. We need to obey God. We pray and we obey. Okay? Um, so, you've got to make a move. 
and you've got to do something about what God says you need to do. And, and, you know, maybe you're in this situation, you're like, I know what God is asking me to do, but I can't do it. I can't do it. And I'm telling you today, and God is telling you today, yes, you can. You can do whatever God tells you to do. If God asks you to do it, you can do it. If God puts it on your heart, you can do it. He's not going to ask you to do something that you can't do. And you may say, well, it's too hard. It might be hard, but you can do it. Uh, I can't do it. Yes, you can. Uh, it's not possible. Yes, it is. I, <laughs> now, it could be you say, well, I don't want to do it. Okay? That's a different conversation. That's a different conversation. But if you want to experience what God has planned for your future, you've got to move. And it starts by allowing God's spirit to move in your heart, and then the rest is going to follow. So I've said a lot, but in John chapter 5, there was a guy in this story. He's disabled, very disabled. Um, but he was also, he had gotten very comfortable with his disability. Um, we're going we're gonna to read about him. Turn to John chapter 5, verse 1. says this, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Okay? Um, inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Crowds of six, sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. So a bunch of people were down and out. They had all kinds of sicknesses, they, they had all kinds of uh, infirmities. They were blind. They were lame. All of these problems. And Jesus walks up um, and he sees hundreds, maybe even thousands of just messed up people just laying around on these porches. And they're all staring at this pool. They're staring at this, this water, at, uh, the water of Bethesda. And they had this superstition where they believed that every once in a while an angel would fly down over this pool and the angel would begin to stir up the water and the first person to get in the water after the angel stirred it up, that person would be miraculously healed. So they were all hoping against all hope that maybe just somehow I can get in that pool and I will have the miracle that I've always dreamed of having. And I, I, I always think that it, if I'd walk by the pool, you know, I'd just, uh, you know, take a rock or something and throw it in the pool just to mess with everybody and see them all kind of try to get into the pool. That would be cruel. That would be cruel. You know I wouldn't do that. Anyway, um, verse, let's see. It, it goes on uh, in, in verse 5. It says, One of the men lying there had been sick. For 38 years. Wow. 38 years. Maybe you've had a situation in your life, uh, a problem you've been dealing with for a long time, maybe a few years, maybe even 20 years. This guy had been dealing with this for 38 years, nearly 40 years of his life. This had become his life. Listen, no matter how long it's been, your story isn't over. God can still move. He can still do something new. He could do it in a moment. He could do it today. It's never too late to trust God and see him move. Never think, oh, my situation is never 
going to change. He had been there for 38 years and he thought, my situation is never going to change. It's an impossible situation. So in verse 6, when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? What happens here? First, Jesus sees him. Out of the whole crowd, Jesus sees him. You need to know today, Jesus sees you. He sees you in the situation you're in. But not only does he see you, you're, you're not uh, hidden from God. Also, Jesus knew. He had been ill for a long time. Jesus knows your situation. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're feeling. In fact, um, the scripture in Hebrews 4 15 says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus was the only one who could do something about the situation this man was in. And so he asks him this question. He said, would you like to get well? And, uh, <laughs> That's sort of an obvious question, right? Of course, I'm sick. I'm, I'm helpless. Of course, I would like to get well. He'd been laying there for 38 years. Would you like to get well? Well, G, uh, the, the man, he didn't even answer the question. You know, would you like to get well? That's a yes or no question. Yes or no. Uh, <laughs> and here's what the guy says in verse 7. I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the waters bubble up. Someone always gets there ahead of me. What does he first say? He says, I can't, you know, can't never could, right? He's already done himself in. I can't do it. I can't do it. It all depends on me. Then he makes an excuse I don't have anybody to help me. Nobody's helping me. Nobody cares about me. I'm all alone. Nobody cares. Nobody loves me. Then he has another excuse. Everybody else is out to get me. Somebody's always better than me. I, I'm never good enough. They're, they're always stepping on me. They're always pushing me aside. And he has this victim mindset. Now, now here's the deal. You know, he'd been there for 38 years and he had lots of time to do something. You know, if it, <laughs> I mean, what would you do if it had been me? I would have scooted right up there next to the water just on the edge. And when it moved, I would have just fallen in and, and I would have said, you know, either I am drowning or I'm getting healed, but I'm not staying here anymore. But notice his solution, his solution. You know, he had faith. He had faith, what, in this superstition, in this pool. He had faith in that. And no matter how much he believed that that was going to fix his problem, it never would. Even if he had gotten there the fastest, even if he had gotten in. He, he saw healing as a competition, but he didn't see it as receiving compassion from someone else, from Jesus. You know, people are always grasping for something to help them with their problems. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, it's something very practical. You know, sometimes it's something supernatural. 
Um, you know, whether it's astrology or, or, you know, some, some magical thing, <laughs> people are always the same. No matter how sophisticated we get in every generation, people are always looking everywhere for help, everywhere to solve their problem, to, to deal, help them deal with their problem, except Jesus, except the one who can make the difference in their life. They put their hope and their faith in everything except him. And I can imagine this man, he had become very bitter in his life. He, he was sick. It wasn't fair. He was bitter at the people around him. He was, he was bitter because he had no hope for his future. And he thought, the only way I can possibly be happy is to get in that pool, to be healed. And no matter what happened, he never would have been more happy. That's, that's how it is when we make our own plans. We make our own plans. We think that, oh, when I get to this place, when I, when I accomplish this, then I'm going to be happy. And he thought he wanted a quicker way into the pool, but his help was not coming from the pool. <laughs> what he needed was a, a, an encounter with Jesus, with the living God. And so in verse 8, what did Jesus say to him? He said, he told him, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. You know, the, the, the man said, oh, nobody will help me. I can't do it. I'm, I'm hopeless. Jesus said, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Jesus didn't say, oh, you poor thing. That's the saddest sob story I've ever heard. This is so bad. Cry me a river. You know, he didn't say that. He said, get up, take your bed and go. Live the life that I've called you to live. And that's what God is saying to you today. He's saying, he's saying, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop waiting. You're not a victim. You're a victor in Jesus. And, and you might be saying, nobody helps me. It, that's not the issue. That's not the issue. The issue is I'm not going to stay stuck here any longer. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand up for Jesus. I'm going to follow after God. I'm going to obey what he tells me to do. If anybody can obey God, I will obey God. I will follow him. So what did the guy do in verse 9? It says that instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat. He started walking. He started walking. Listen, we don't, it's an amazing miracle, but it's not just reading about what God is doing through other people. We can do that too. We can do that here. God has called us. He's given us his spirit and he's called us to make a difference in the world. He's called us to change the world as we live for Jesus. We can do the next thing he's called us to do. And you can make that move. Nothing is going to stop you from doing what God has called you to do, but you've got to decide today that you're going to start living like you've never lived before, faithfully following step by step, trusting in Jesus. Jesus said, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, whoever steps out in faith on God's word and trusts him with all you've got, you will live. And the, the, the reality is, if you will obey God, you'll be amazed 
at what God is going to start to do in your life. You're going to be amazed at even the miracles that you'll begin to experience in your life. Because as you live following him, you're going to see the rewards in that. You Now, I'm not saying you're not going to have problems. You will. You will still have problems, and you'll still have some hurts, and you'll still have some difficult people in your life. But God is for you. And he's going to bless you and heal you and lift you up and fill you up with his power for living. So today is the day to decide like that man did, to say, I'm going to make the move. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. Jesus said, stand up and walk. And that's what the man did. Your life will change when you start to obey God. We're all going to answer for what we've done, and for what we do with what God has given us in our life. So, you know, we make a lot of excuses. I'm having a bad day. This is a hard time. I'm difficult to get along with. I don't feel good. All of these, all of these excuses. Listen, no matter what happened yesterday, there's still tomorrow. And it can be better than you can imagine. It can be better than you can possibly ask or think or request in your wildest dreams if you will surrender to God and obey Him. And uh, I'm so excited. I, I've got to say, I try not to talk specifically about Connection Church stuff as we get into the message, but but I've got to say, you know, we are seeing God move. We see miracles happen at the Connection Church. I hear stories every week of amazing miracles where lives are being changed by the power of God. And so often as we hear these stories, we just kind of say, well, that's Connection Church. That's just how it is. Yes, and it's a miracle. It's a miracle. We're around miracles all the time. And my fear is that some of us are, are just take it for granted. But, but the same question that Jesus asked that guy who had been laying there for 38 years, he, maybe he's asking that to you today. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? To stop making excuses, to begin to live for him, to begin to follow after Jesus. Let me ask you, what move are you willing to make today to obey God and start to make those changes in your life? Um, it's not, this isn't about learning new things it's about doing new things. It's about taking fresh steps in your faith, following after Jesus. I tell you what, I see many of you are saying you love your church. I want you to know I love you. I'm thankful for you, and I'm thankful for what God is doing through us together as today we take our next steps following after Jesus. I'm excited about this study of John and seeing Jesus up close and personal and um, let's pray together right now, just as, as he's asking this question, do you want to get well? And, and let's respond to him through prayer, through faith, by praying and obeying. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for um, your healing power, your miracle working power. Thank you for changing lives and saving lives, God, for saving us, God, and for also using us to bring your good news and healing and hope to the people around us. So many people in that same situation, maybe it's us today where we say, I I'm afraid to obey, but I'm choosing not to 
be a victim anymore, but I'm going to stand as a victor in Jesus because the victory is in Jesus. And we thank you for that today. We choose to follow you. And we pray all of this in the power name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for joining today. And I look forward to seeing you really soon. I hope you have a blessed rest of the week. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast.